what is a protagonist? To me, a protagonist is the hero of the story. And we all are the hero of our own stories. Now, my next guest is absolute hero. I think so. She's a great protagonist and a great example to her daughter and to a lot of others. So today I'd like to introduce my first female guest. I think you're my first Marine. Nope. Oops. Oops. I, I, I say I've had, I've had Aaron Williamson on before that. So you're my second Marine guest. First female Marine. First female Marine. There, there we go. go. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Marines. That's a, that's a breed apart. Like me, I've grown up, jumped into the army because the only movies I saw in the 1980s were like Platoon and Rambo and all my protagonists were like army guys. How did you end your, end up in the Marines? Um, not from watching movies. Um, <laughs> my, um, both my parents actually are Marines. Um, my, but it, now, despite that, I did not grow up in a military brat type lifestyle. So my dad did four years. By the time I was born, he was out. My mom went reserve after her active duty time. So I knew of the weekends, you know, once a month and stuff like that. And that was about it. Like that was my exposure. We had MREs at the house, you know, and, and stuff like that. That was my exposure to it. And, um, uh, one day my best friend at the time, she came over to the house and she was like, Hey, you quit gymnastics. I'll quit school and we'll join the Marine Corps. And I said, okay, I'm in. And so we went down to the recruiting office and she, uh, we, we wanted to be in the medical field, but Marine Corps doesn't have that. So then we went and took the ASVAB with the Navy at a different location and that didn't really work out. And I remember standing outside the recruiting office and I looked down in the ball and you know how you got all the you know, the little poolies where all their moto stuff. Right. And so <laughs> I see this, this big old silky jacket with the Marine Corps emblem on the back. Right. And this kid's walking away. And in my mind, I just envisioned my dad in his blues, like a picture like on a mantle. We didn't have fireplace, but in my head, this is how it worked out. My dad in his blues, my mom in her blues, my youngest brother in his blues, because I knew he was going to join and then I was like me in a Navy uniform and I called it the like a milkman uniform. And so I was like, I just, I couldn't do it. So I told my best friend, I said, Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm joining the Marine Corps. So I went back to the recruiting office and he was like, okay, let's sign you up. And I went home and I was like, Hey, I leave in two weeks. <laughs> oh, my dad was like, good on you. My mom was like, okay, what's your MLS? And I said, I went in open contract and, Oh my gosh. Just a little bit and tried to pull that. The time she was a gunny, so she was like, she tried to pull a little call in the recruit. And I was like, no, you don't get to, you don't get to play this part. Like, this is all me. Like, (laughs) so, and I I went in open contract just because um, I didn't want to regret. Like, if I did that, um, I could not complain in my mind. I was unable to complain about the job I got. Because I didn't choose. However, if I would have chosen and I didn't like it because I was it was misconstrued, then I'd be upset with myself. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to go ahead. And I ended up being um, utilities and I was water purification. So it really wasn't that bad. Um, 
so what is what is open contract? So you go through the training and then all of a sudden they're like, eh, where do we need you? They put you where you need they need you. Yep. They choose your MLS for you. Does that happen so a lot? I've I, I <laughs> you know, for me it was like I had a random army stories back in the day, but when it comes to you know, picking an MOS, I was able to pick an MOS. May not like the one at first when I got, but but open contract, man, that's like well, I couldn't hmm. do anything that I wanted to do because I'm a female. Yeah. All the, uh, stuff that I wanted, <laughs> mm-hmm. all the stuff I wanted to do, they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, can I be a grunt? They're like, no. Can I go recon? They're like, no. Can I be a sniper? No. I was like, oh. Well, I'll just go open contracts since I don't get to, like, <laughs> can't do any of the fun stuff. So I don't, I didn't, you know, I just, yeah, so. Now, is the, the culmination of boot camp, like, the, is it the crucible? Is that what it's called? That's the end, yeah, the end. What's that like? Um, okay, so for me, it's really boot camp was enjoyable, um, <laughs> especially after my home life. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, the crucible was really good. I think because um, you have to learn to work together. You have to. It's problem solving. There's you know your lack of sleep, sleep. You know, um, and they just you know they create a bunch of conflict and stimulus and you just got to work through it. And it's, a, it, it's everything that you learn just kind of combined and thrown into one. And plus you got to learn to work together, which was a little, which was a little difficult for me in the retrospect that I was able to, but I was also used to like, it was hard for me to rotate like leadership, I guess, um, in certain aspects i guess it was. I, believe me i know exactly what you're saying Does that make essentially like in the crucible you there are some dumbasses yeah. and you know you have to deal with the dumbasses same thing with the army and the navy and everywhere else yeah. and you're like where did these people come from yeah but you know and then you're just like but i gotta do it you know so hmm, gotta let them you know so it, it i enjoyed it it was um it was a great thing uh growing growing up you know, when we got in trouble, or I should say me, when I got in trouble, <laughs> um, it was you, you had to do some form of exercise. So we did 50 push-ups in a row, or you did a wall sit. And it wasn't just a wall sit. It was a wall sit with encyclopedias. You remember the encyclopedia Britannicas, yeah. like how thick those? You had like a stack of them as you sat there. Or you just, or you'd stand there with them. Or you stood with dumbbells in your hands or something. And you know, there was, or you held a put like mountain climbers and stuff. And these are things that I didn't realize, like where my dad got this stuff from growing up. And um, so, yeah, so when I got to boot camp, you know, doing at that point in time, 18 years of gymnastics plus my dad's disciplinary action, you know, you also got your butt whooped on, on top of the exercise. So it wasn't just here, I'm going to exercise now, go cut a switch and Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of that displayed into it. And then you didn't get to do whatever it was that you were wanting to do. So it was kind of threefold. So what, when you got out of the service, what'd you do next? Um, when I got out, um, uh, there was a couple different things. Um, I actually ended up working uh, at, a, at a martial arts gym. Um, doing conditioning, teaching conditioning and flexibility. And then, um, and then I went to a different gym and taught strictly conditioning. 
and then ended up meeting um, a couple guys that trained in the process. And then so I decided that I was going to start training. So I started doing MMA. And so about a year and a half, um, it was strictly MMA and uh, just kind of threw myself into it and couldn't get a fight, though. Couldn't get a fight. Unlike this thing up here, um, <laughs> I, 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 that, that whole time I didn't get a fight. And, um, so I was like constantly. Now, what was the time frame with this? Cause it seems uh, like is, now it's like you can get so a fight. I got, out in 2000, I got out in 2009. So I was in for 11 years and got out in 2009. And so I started training fairly quickly afterwards. Um, and so it was 2010, really, when I was like, I want to fight. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I really started training with with, with some top-level um, athletes. And so in that process, um, they were like, hey, we got to fight for you. I'm like, oh, this is great, right? And then they were like, never mind. You know, so I'm like cutting weight. And they're like, never mind. They, they, they don't want to do it. And I was like, all right. And then they, you know, oh, we got another fight um, scheduled, you know, four months out. So I'm still in the cutting process. So you still have to watch what you're eating and, and everything. So it was like an on for like a year, you know, I just, and everybody would take it. Then they'd hear my background and then they'd say no. And I had, um, you know, and the, the female pool is, is not deep, with, especially at the weight class that I would fight at. And so everybody, you know, oh, I don't want to tarnish my record or I don't want to, you know, you don't have that luxury as a female, like just suck it up. If you lose, you lose. If you win, you win. Like you're supposed to be trying to build like, but that's where my mind frame is. And, you know, not a lot. I think a lot of people, like when you're in the fight game, it should be like, Hey, yeah, I want to take the fight. Yeah. I listened to that interview with Gina Carano not that long ago on Rogan. And she was talking about like, you know, the training camp and getting into shape and you, you don't just jump into it. But the the fights are few and far between when it when it came to females back then. I think nowadays, it's a hell of a lot better because there's a different category of fighting. But yeah, you, when you're talking about a decade plus ago, there wasn't a lot. No, and then um, when I did end up getting the fight, so that was in 2010. By the time I actually fought, it was 2017. Holy shit. And um, I had just, I had had my daughter. She was about two years old. I was going through a lot of stuff. I had just gotten out of a really uh, bad situation relationship wise. And um, uh, one of my friends called up and she was like, hey, Brolic, I have a fight opportunity for you. And I was like, I don't know. I haven't trained jujitsu in the last six months and I definitely haven't done MMA. And I don't know how many years right now. And, you know, I, I don't know. And she just, she was like, God will provide. Like, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll take the chance. Like I'll go ahead and do it. And it was in Japan and it was for uh, risen, which is this mm -hmm. picture up here. Um, so I took the fight on a 10 day notice and I hadn't trained for a long time. And then I training consisted of sleeping on her couch and I got up at five o'clock in the morning and I would go run. And then I'd come back and then we'd do whatever training she had going on during the day. And then I would train at night. So my body was like adjusted to the time difference. 
and um, I just did stand up and stuff. And, and that's, that's it. Really. I just had to try to squeeze in as much as I could. And I did that for 10 days and I went over there and um, I lasted all three. I was just a feeder fight. I found out and I was just a feeder fight for the champ. And um, I actually, that picture, I actually almost won that fight in the second round, but at that point in time, one, the time ran out, but two, man, I could feel the fact that I hadn't, <laughs> it was 10 days. I hadn't been out. I was like, if I had been on the mats for even a month prior, like it would have been, the conditioning would have been different and things would have been different, but, um, it was, it was a good opportunity and it was great. And I, I had fun. I lost I had this huge gnarly bruise on the side of my leg afterwards. She kicked the crap out of me so hard and stuff like that. But it was, it was the best. And, um, it's in Japan fighting, uh, women, um, are able to fight at a higher weight class in Japan more so than here. Um, there was, there's, there's a point in time where, um, I remember Ronda Rousey was like at the top of the, her game and stuff at one point. And she was, um, Chris Cyborg wanted to fight. And I remember Ronda made a comment at one point and she said that she was the champ and she shouldn't have to come up in weight class in order to fight that cyborg should drop down to her weight class. And I was, there were two things that really bugged me about that comment was one, Chris cyborg walks around at my body weight, which is like 175 ish. Um, and she drops to 145 to fight. Oof. And then, so you're saying she already drops to 145. You're telling me that you want her to drop an extra 10 pounds to come down to 135 when it would be one much more effective if you came up 10 pounds because you're actually walking around a lot heavier than you are. And then two, now you have expanded weight classes and you have expanded women's MMA as a whole. And that for me, the way that that came across just rubbed me the wrong way. And I kind of lost a lot of respect for her at that point in time um, because of that comment. Once again, that's the mindset of like, it's, you got to think outside of the box. It's not just about you and your little world. Like how are you, you be an example. Like, how are you being an example? How are you expanding? How are you bettering what you're doing or what you're involved in and stuff? So yeah, especially that's a, especially the sport, especially when you're supposed to have a whole new generation oh, of yeah. girls looking up to you yeah. and knowing that, hey, they can jump into it. These two warriors are going at it. And that's what you're, you're this is, uh, that's what I love about MMA. And that's what I love about fighting. You know, my brothers were golden gloves and diamond glove boxers and me. I just, you know, I just do my thing. But the MMA world, I love the fact that you could take different disciplines and you get in there and you battle it out. And it's not just about, you know, it's about being the best of your game. Yes. And really, honestly, it's what you put into it is your input is or is what you're going to get out of it. Yeah. Like you said, if you have two weeks of training, you could only get two weeks worth of energy it, it, and effort that's, into that's it. it. Yeah. You're not just miraculously going to have endurance. <laughs> yeah. For people who have never done anything for like these like three minute bouts, five minute bouts, for consecutive rounds. That's, oh my goodness. And you only get yes. like the, what the minute in between the, and then 30 oh seconds in, you're like, never mind. I'm, I'm not. Your body's so, like, what are you doing? Do you me? still train? 
Um, so right now. We're going to set this fight up. You and Gina Carano. She's going to get back into it. We're going to do this. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, so I actually, yesterday, it's funny that you asked that. Yesterday I went in search of a, a dojo to get back into it. Not just for me, but um, my daughter and stuff. So um, we took a break and there was some some stuff that I had to get over with that. Um, Jiu-Jitsu. Because after MMA, because jujitsu is different than MMA. So real quick, jumping back to um, you, you asked what I did after the Marine Corps. So I went into the MMA world. And then when I could not get a fight, I went back to playing women's football. So um, that season in 2011, um, First game of the season, running down the field on kickoff. It was first kickoff of the game for us. Um, flying down the field and ball carrier, eyes got huge. She shifted and I planted and I shifted. Oh. And my cleat got stuck in the turf. So my whole body turned except for the lower half of my right leg. So my patella tendon tore and um, I learned I was upset but then I was also grateful that it was that injury and not something else because out of all the knee injuries that's the best one to get because it's the fastest healing and the most um uh it's the fastest healing and and it's the least amount of damage um so that just kind of knocked me out of everything really so I didn't do anything after that and um then 2012, I played football again. We won the championship game that year. Um, I got to play at Heinz Field, so that was pretty cool in the stadium. And we were on ESPN 3, I think, in the ESPNW. It was a great game. We played Chicago. And um, so then I played the 2013 season, and then I stopped playing football, and then I went into jiu-jitsu. I started doing jujitsu. Um, the I had gotten into a relationship, and they were doing jujitsu, and so I decided that I was going to go ahead and try it, give it a shot. And I remember I was super nervous. This is kind of a funny story. Um, I was super nervous when I got there because I was like, never had a gi on before. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I feel weird, right? And I'm just like, okay. Um, and we're doing these drills where everybody's lined up on the wall. And there's one person out on the mat and you're, you're defending takedowns, a double leg takedown. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm just going to make a fool out of myself. I don't know. Ah, I've got all these butterflies in my stomach. Right. And then the next thing I know is I go up and then the person that I am defending the shot against is the person that I'm actually in the relationship with. Right. <laughs> so, so he takes this double leg shot and it was so amazing. And it, my body said, huh, and knew ex- like just everything came back. And my hips said, and his head said, Cha! right on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I do remember. <laughs> I do know what's going on. And so I defended one more shot, and then he got kind of rough. <laughs> and I didn't defend the third one. So that was fine. But it gave me my confidence back. I was like, maybe I can do this. And, you know, it took me a little bit. And stuff with the grips and everything. And then um, 
So I did jiu-jitsu for a long time, uh, for a while. And then um, in 2015, uh, what happened? Oh, I had Mila and my daughter. And six months after having her, I did my first jiu-jitsu competition and I won. Wow. <laughs> and then got promoted to blue belt and then trained up until Pan Ams and then won Pans. And then um, some other competitions in there leading up to that. And then um, same thing for 2016, but things started getting a little, a little rough. Uh, uh, the person in the relationship um, started using jujitsu as in a form of physical abuse and, and everything. And then just kind of sucked the joy out of that. Um, and then eventually in 2017, I stopped and then I started uh, I got really depressed and then I came across somebody's Instagram account and decided that I, I linked up with her and decided that, um, I was going to do strongman because <laughs> 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 she was training for strongman and she, hey, why not? so I went and I, I started training for strongman and around that same time, that's when I got the phone call for the MMA stuff and, so I did the MMA and then a week well, later, on. what's this, what's the strong man? I, you know, I've heard of like Iron Man and everything else is in CrossFit. So that. you just lift a bunch of heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, strong man. Like the strong man competition. Yes. Okay. Now I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, like, so uh, like I learned how to do the whole little press yeah. things and just carrying wheelbarrows, 300 pound wheelbarrows and you know, just <laughs> all sorts Holy of things. crap. How did you do in that? And just for people who don't, who are listening to this, you're what, you're almost, you're six feet, right? Yes. And you're not like when, when I think 170 pounds, I think 170 pounds, you don't, you were like six feet solid. <laughs> I, I mean, I watch your IG workouts and I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have a, a Take uh, it as a compliment, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I, I have a buddy that I'll, <clears throat> I'm like, hey, do you want to hear what I did today? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll say, hey, so I did this, 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 and this. And I go, but that wasn't enough. So then I added this, this, because of course it wasn't enough. <laughs> Why would it be enough? <laughs> and so I add like a bunch of stuff or I'll add a vest to it. Like <clears throat> today, yesterday and today, though, the, the workouts were... In my mind, they were lighter. Others would have a different opinion. Um, because two days ago, I stepped off um, of a, a step, I guess. And I rolled my ankle. And it's like, oh. So I have this <laughs> this huge uh, ace bandage on it with compression on it. Um that I learned while I was in the Marine Corps, like there's a little thing that I put up against my ankle and then wrap it. So it presses uh, all the fluid out of it. So it heals faster. So, you know, I'm looking at uh BJJ too. And I tried it a few years ago, but that's when I was like big, like, okay. I was grande Jason, like where it just kind of was hard to move. Uh, but I actually have Ryan Hall's um, 50, 50 Academy. It's like literally three miles from my house. Oh, nice. And I'm like, huh. And they had beginner's classes. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe for my 50th, I'll start doing that. Why wait? Why not? Well, I'm not going to, you know, it'll be part of my leading up to my 50th. Yeah. Probably, I'm thinking like two or three weeks, I might actually, as I get more limber, I'm going to jump into it. You know? I say just go for it. Don't wait. Beginner classes. 
It's super fun. It's like I actually yesterday, like I was saying yesterday, I, I went and I was like, okay, it's time to get back into it. The past is the past. Um, you know, you're not even in the same vicinity anymore. There's no chance of any types of, you know, running into anybody that you don't need to. And then you're just like, it's time. And not only that, like, um, I think it's very important that, um, one, my daughter see that I'm doing it. Two, that she sees the struggles that I have with it or um, <clears throat> the trials that come along with it or my frustrations and, and everything and see and she's able to watch like how I overcome that. So that way she can understand and she can learn that as well. But then that she's able to learn, apply what she sees me do and apply that to herself. And then most importantly, be situationally aware and in the fact of not, you know, just keep your head on a swivel, be able to protect yourself, be able to at least have that mindset to where um, you're not just, you know, in la la land when you're walking around and stuff like that. So, well, that's the definition of a protagonist right there. And, you know, and it's not just protecting you, it's protecting your, your family and your loved ones and, and, sh- and being that positive influence. Absolutely. It is. It, I, I agree a hundred percent with that. Um, I think that a lot of people, they focus either on one or the other. It's how do I help my kids with this? And it's all about the kids or it's, I need to do this. And this is for me, right? I've had teammates that are like, Hey, I'm playing football or I'm doing this sport, but this is for me. This is for my, this is my outlet. This is what I want to do. And I'm like, I get it. But at the same time, I think that that's kind of the wrong mentality to have about that because it's not just you, you know, when you're there, your kids are there too. So I get that it's for you, but at the same time, expand that mindset with it to where it's, this is for us. This is to make my family better. This they're an extension of me, you know? And so for me, like, my daughter understands her left and right lateral limits. I give her a lot of wiggle room as long as it stays within this, by all means play, have your fun, but you don't get to go outside of that because then that's when I, you start impeding on my ability to be successful in what I'm doing. And you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation or could be. So there's just different things. Like, so I've, I've, you know, she knew where she could be on a football field. She knew what she could help with. She knew in the gym where she could be, you know, but then at the same time, she'd pick up her own little gloves and she'd hit bags and she'd do stuff. But the thing is, is that you're showing them because kids are people in general, you're going to pick up on actions more than you pick up on words. You know, um, I was at this, this, uh, at an event about, you know, with, with, um, tourniquets and going over just some training with tourniquets. And I took my daughter with me because I felt it was very important for her to get the same training. It's not just about me. It's about her as well. So she sat there and was like completely like, she was like, oh, sure. 
actually on her thigh, you know, and stuff, which turned out to be really good because then they were able to demonstrate and use her to say, okay, on a child's body, this is what you're going to have to do. But then at the same time, now she understands she's comfortable with it. She gets it. And now she's aware, but I'm also, she's seeing me do it. So now I can see her do it and we're working together. And now I'm confident that she'll be okay. And she's like, okay, I'm confident that mom will be able to take care of me as well. Um, and stuff. But I find that that's very important because somebody had asked, they're like, well, you know, how do we get our kids into this? And how do we get our kids in? You do it. Yeah. You do it. You, you doing something, they're going to start and invite them say, Hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to go to get off the, get off the screen, you know, just go do something. I don't care if it's, you know, just go walk at night, like for, for five minutes, 10 minutes, a mile, whatever it is, just take a walk. You know, it could be down, down the block and back if that's how you have to start off, you know, but just get out and do something with them. And then you do it. They're going to follow suit because they're going to learn better that way too. And you learn a lot too. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned a lot from that little kid. (laughs) Oh, I know. I do the same thing. My, my son is literally working out all the time. And now when I see him on the, um, the computer, I'm like, good. He's taking a break. (laughs) <laughs> he's getting ready for football. He's he's lifting all the time. He's like flexing all the time. And my daughter, the same way. Like I picked her up from soccer today and she's always, if she's not, she'll be outside just practicing volleyball and she plays soccer. She'll kick the ball. Then she'll go play volleyball uh, practice. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm just watching her. Like they're ripped little kids. And I'm like, Whew. I'm like, I have to, I can't sit on the couch and be that guy anymore. And I don't think anybody yeah. should. I think, you have to be the example. And, and that's part of, that's what I love about this new, for me, the protagonist, I, I had the protagonist written on everything all the time now, whether it's t-shirts, hats or anything. Cause I'm like, it's my motivation. It's me. Like I got to be the hero, not just yes. for me. I've got to be the example. They didn't see me back in the day when I was working drugs or in the war or anything else. They see, they were seeing the guy that was just sitting on a couch, you know? Yes. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's very true. That is, that's very true. And I've noticed, you know, there's been some transitional periods with us and I've noticed that, um, during certain points when it was like, Hey, we're just going to go out for a hike or we're just going to go out for this real quick and then come back. Like her, her ability to listen or be aware or be involved or just her personality and her demeanor is completely different. And then in that transition period, when everything gets all jumbled and I don't go anywhere or I have to like, I'm battling, you know, in my mind and stuff. And it's like, I just need like a day or two to not do anything. And maybe I'm just going to watch whatever. So that way I can just kind of decompress whatever's going on. And um, I, I noticed the difference because then, you know, she'd get up and she'd be like, can I watch this? And I'm like, ah, I'm doing too much of the wrong thing, you know, like the first thing, like, uh, you know, or you ask, Hey, what do you want to do today? And she's like, Oh, I just want to watch TV or I just, I'm like, no, what am I doing wrong? Like, we got to get out of the house, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, okay. And it's, I use that though, as a wake up, like there's, it's, you know, cause we all have like, there's, you know, your mental health and with, you know, different, different situations or getting down or battling depression or, you know, um, just 
trying to create a new pathway and stuff. And um, in doing so, you know, you don't realize like how that affects those around you. Well, that's a very good indicator that it's like, okay, pull your head out of your butt. Like, what do we need to address here? Let's work the problem. Let's figure this out and make it happen. And then that's why, you know, I always, you know, I always say be the example because it's be the example you needed when you were a kid, be the example that you need now, be the example that your kids need, be the example that somebody else needs because they don't have anybody, you know, be the example just encompasses such a wide variety of things that it just, it covers everything. So it's like, it just be the example, you know, like who would, is that if whatever you're doing, is that, you know, going to be something that you would like to see, or is that going to help you, you know, if you saw somebody else doing that or, or no, or think of it in the way of, you know, when you do happen to go and see somebody, you're like, man, that was really inspiring or I needed to hear that today. But then you don't like, so you be that, be that person that just helped you out. So now take that and do that same thing and be the example for somebody else. I I think it's perfect. And I think that's exactly what you have to do. You have to be the example, Uh, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what your future is going to look. Are you going to, what's next for you? We have uh, um, MMA, so I want to get back into the training. So, <laughs> uh, all the training, um, it's, it's been time. I got through a lot of stuff. Everything finally dust has settled back in a great mental state, um, and everything. So I want to get back into training. Um, I kind of want to start something to where it involves, uh, I noticed that there's really not, there's, there's not a lot of training for single parents with kids. And so I would, you know, cause I want to do training, but it is hard being a single parent and it's like, okay, I've taught her to know what she can and cannot do. So she could come with me and she can be a part of the training, but certain training she can't. So I have to like, there's certain, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be able to, um, come up with something where I can get my training in, but she's also a part of that because I feel like it's like you immerse them in everything else. Why not immerse them in protection? Yeah. You know, why not? Where that's second nature or first nature, actually, you know, not even second nature. It's, it's, it's a normalcy, you know, it's as simple as breathing. It's like, okay, I'm aware of this and I'm aware of that. And I can walk down the street confidently and, you know, because bullies are going to be everywhere. You're never going to get rid of bullies. As much as people sit here and say, don't be a bully. There's you can have all the technology in the world. It's primal. It, I it mean, doesn't matter. From yeah. keyboard to in person, I don't care. But so I prepare, prepare not just yourself, but prepare the children to be able to combat that in, in a way mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, and set them up for success right from the beginning with morals and values, spiritual values, you know, um, and, and the tools needed to do that and stuff. So, um, want to get back into some 
firearms training and tactical stuff. So you're actually inspiring me for that because you're just like, oh, look at this, look at this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got to get up and go do it. I just, uh, yeah, I'm doing an IDPA this weekend. I'm, I'm going to use my, my small gun, my little P365. I just, you have to, I'm doing things that I've always wanted to do. And I've always said, Hey, I'm going to do now. I'm just doing it, you know? And And I, I like, I get so much motivation by other people too. So like, I was going to ask if you thought about doing like the tactical games. I'm like, I kind of want to do the tactical games now. I'm like, huh. I, you know, I have thought about that. Um, and then I keep coming up with all these kind of like how you're like, I just got to do it. So I think what it, the next one that comes in town, I think I'm just going to go and watch, observe, see what it's all about type thing, kind of get my foot in the door and and see um, who, who I would have to go train with or what, what needs to happen for that. Um, but I think it would just be something fun to do just to do. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to pause you for a second there. You got to remember, and I'm, you're probably the same way I am. I go on YouTube and I start watching it and everything I always watch is like the championship and the elites. <laughs> I'm like, you, you could be normal and go and do these. I, you know, I was watching like the tactical games. I'm like, there's like normal dudes doing this. There's normal mm-hmm. girls doing this. I think you should just jump right into it. You can shoot a gun. You don't. And there's a lot of CrossFitters that jumped into it who really aren't that good at shots, but they're like, Hey, you know what? Why not? All right. You start jujitsu and I'll jump. You jump into jujitsu and I'll jump into that. Okay. I'll jump into tactical games too. Why not? All right. We'll just jump in all of it. You know, I'm signing up for another Spartan. I haven't done a Spartan in like 10 years. I'm going to do one in October, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Why not? Why not? cares? You know, I'd like once you come to the realization that you don't have to be the best. That's the other thing about being getting mature age. I'm like, I'm never going to be in the Olympics. I'm never going to be this, that, everything. But I could do my damnedest. So when I go through these competitions now, and I'm signing up for everyone I can. I'm like, screw it. I'm doing three gun in a few weeks this weekend. IDPA, USPSA, two gun, whatever. I don't care. I can go there and I could be like the bottom or the middle of the pack. I don't care. I'm just, I'm having fun. And I'm learning more skills. I think the biggest takeaway from that is that you're learning. Yep. You know what I mean? You're learning. It doesn't, and you're always growing, which translates into other areas of your life, you know, as, as well. Yeah. So I'm going to see you at the next tactical games and then I, yeah. Hi. Um, you just wanted to poke your head in here. No, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you can use old scraps from the trash and plant them back in the off, and they'll actually make new plants. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that what you just learned? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for sharing that information. Well, bowl and bowl and then plants. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'll edit all this out. <laughs> I don't do anything with my kids online. I'm like, Phew. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I used to. Hey, let's end the, end the conversation. I could stop the recording that we could talk. Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. <laughs> this has been you nice. are, you are definitely an absolute protagonist. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you.